money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm always ready to talk money. You know, I just realized something as we were prepping for this show that often I don't say my name. I just assume that the listeners know that I'm Dave, the Dave part of Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb, right? <laughs> so, you know, so I'm Dave. I'm here with my wife, Reb. We're here to talk money. Okay, there there it is, the official <laughs> intro entry. We'll probably get it right this time anyways, but we want to get on to what we're going to talk about today because yes. we are talking about something that we are both passionate about the fun part about money yes generosity it's giving it away <laughs> giving it away for those that might scare some people don't <laughs> tune out please do not change the channel uh, but this whole month of december we we we're just talking about generosity we're digging into it we, we want to dissect it we want to analyze it and we also just want to do it right. we want to do it i mean we're not just talking about money when we talk about money. We we want to encourage you to do something. And so we're going to look into Scripture. We're going to see what Scripture has to say about generosity. Um, I guess version two, we're in second week. Last week, we gave you a, a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of a taste on some practical around just how do we create a giving uh, a kingdom account. Mm-hmm. So now now we're going to dig in. We've got a, a great guest in Steve Rolston. We'll bring him on in a minute. And he's going to just, we're going to just let him go. He's going to tell us generosity stories. We're, uh, we're just going to let him go because I just love having Steve speak about that. Okay, so this morning's scripture that I chose is from Luke 21, 1 to 4. And it's uh, traditionally, we know it with our teaching our kids, the widow's two mites. This is what it says. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites, small copper coins. So he said, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. And uh, this morning, that story, as, as I, it's been interesting this month of picking out scripture and what the Lord speaks to me is, is really awesome because it's always something new. And what I see in this story isn't really the stuff that's written down. I really see the heart of this woman for God. And I see the heart of Jesus toward her. And I sense this real intimacy, this intimate thing that she did that day by bringing all she had when she thought no one was watching, one was watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it chokes me up because I think our giving of all we have is for out of our love relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. And here Jesus is pointing this out. The disciples would have never seen her. The Pharisees would have never seen her. And we wouldn't have seen her. Mm-hmm. But Jesus says, look, 
Look at her. She's giving everything she has. She loves me. He doesn't say it quite like that, but I hear him say, do you see her love me? Do you see the love this woman has for me by all she's giving? And it did make a difference probably to the temple. (laughs) Those two mites probably didn't mean anything to the Pharisees. But to Jesus, it meant everything. And I think my heart for for the listener, for all of us, uh, is that we understand that no matter what we bring, we bring it to him. Absolutely. I, I would just, that is exactly, she gave, not to the temple, not, not, not even for other, but she gave to God, right? And again, the practical side of me, God looks at percentages, right? Uh, you've heard me say that before, but you know, here's a lady that is giving a hundred percent of her assets. It, she's giving a hundred percent. So for those people that you know have their assets all listed out annually on their you know spreadsheet somewhere, what would it take for you to go? You know what? I'm going to go to the temple and I'm going to give it all a hundred percent. I mean, that to me is kind of a mind blowing. I would. I'm not there yet, but that's where this lady was. It was everything that she had. And we don't hear any more of her story. We don't know what happened to her, how God took care of her. But I just want to leave us with that idea, Mm -hmm. even as we start talking to Steve today, because I know he's about the heart. Mm -hmm. So, Steve, we want to bring you into the conversation. Uh, And uh, as we, Steve Rolson, good friend of mine, has been on uh, many journeys of generosity in in his own, but also in a ministry that he supports and, and leads really here in Canada, Journey of Generosity. Um, we'll let you give the credentials in terms of, of how people can find a little bit about more journey of generosity. But I know that we're talking a little bit outside of, of that, but you are a generosity expert, in my opinion. We brought the <laughs> gener- gen- generosity expert into the, uh, the, the studio with us today. So welcome, Steve, and thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me, Dave and mm-hmm. Rebecca. It's great to have you. So what give us a little bit of a you know the story of how you have become a person of generosity how i know you as a man of generosity so give us that little background well it didn't always used to be that way um in fact god really blessed the work of our hands in home building my wife and i had a very successful home building company here in ottawa um but about 16 years ago um when our twin boys were born is what started our journey of generosity mm-hmm. And a friend started engaging me in spiritual conversations and uh, started helping me learn to take responsibility for my own personal and spiritual development. Mm -hmm. And part of that, when I started reading God's Word, was I recognized I was a secular giver, um, and I think we all give to something. Mm -hmm. We give our time and we give our money. But I didn't really understand what true biblical generosity looked like until I looked at my tax return one year. And I realized that I had been confusing this idea of secular giving. Someone would come to our door, we'd give away a 20 to this, a 20 to that, $100 to this, someone would come to our office, I'd give a 20 here, a 100 there, or $1,000, but it wasn't statistically significant enough that I was actually putting it on my tax return and making a giving plan, as I've since learned to do. 
And so just the Lord, through a series of reading of God's word, you just can't escape the word give. Mm -hmm. It's the most popular word in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. just I started testing the Lord in this. And first it was, you know, giving 10% and then more just as the Lord got a hold of my heart. Mm -hmm. And I realized he was what I was ultimately treasuring. But it's been a journey. It's a process. And we're still on that journey, my wife, Diana, and Mm -hmm. I together. So let's let's here's here's a you know continuing the story question so why is generosity so important to you well it's transformational and it just breaks the bonds of materialism and greed in my life anyways Mm -hmm. because i realized how much my life really must have consisted by an abundance of my possessions because i wasn't really putting my money where i thought Mm -hmm. my heart was and I think that's a big distinction to make. We have these aspirational values, but when we really check yeah. our heart and check our tax return and do an analysis of you know what our checkbook says and what our calendar says, there's a great disconnect between mm-hmm. the two. Mm-hmm. We may say we love mm-hmm. God, but if we're not giving our first and our best, then it's really in a way... Uh, that's when God mm-hmm. became most real for me, actually. Dave always mm-hmm. says that our bank accounts don't lie. So if we really, we said that in the very first show, actually, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. November. Uh, if you want to know where your heart is, just look at your bank account. It'll tell you really clearly. <laughs> and I would add to that, look at your tax return. Mm-hmm. Um, because most people are tithing, but unfortunately it's to their financial institution. Yeah. Uh-huh. And statistically, we Canadians, uh, CMHC, or... Uh, stats can I looked it up mm-hmm. uh, we give on average 0.6% mm-hmm. of our income to charity right but worse only 23% of Canadians give anything at all yeah. that's statistically significant enough that they would put it on their tax return and have a plan a giving plan and that was me mm-hmm. you know 16 years ago mm-hmm. it just wasn't significant in mm-hmm. my life mm-hmm. and now it's everything and I, I want to take a little detour and, and dovetail over our last show and say, you know, a giving plan, Steve, for you, what's, what's the time it takes to sit down, you know, and when do you do it? But, you know, in a sense, two questions there, you know, when do you do it? But how much time does it, does it take for you to, to develop and, and implement your giving plan? Well, in some respects, it takes a great deal of time because I think 90% of giving that's done is in response to an ask. Mm -hmm. Somebody asks you for money or you feel guilted into something. Mm -hmm. But truly coming up with a giving plan involves a number of dinners, a number of conversations, a number of years of learning what works best for you in listening prayer and hearing God and figuring out what he has called each and every one of us to do that is unique and different. But generally speaking, my wife and I figure out our giving plan in November, mm-hmm. and that is how for we... For the next year. For the next year, okay. and that's how we determine about 80% of our giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to ministries and missions that we feel have the greatest eternal return on investment. Mm-hmm. So 90% of our giving is done overseas, because mm-hmm. we just see a disproportionate need there. Mm-hmm. So that's, and, and the money goes farther. Yeah, we make about $200 a day here. They make about $2 a day overseas. Right. right. So, you know, right off the bat, you know, our money goes further overseas, right. about and 100 you, times further. Do you, do you, just for the listener's sake, it can be different from year to year? You're, oh, yes. Yes, right. So yeah. you're re- that's where the listening part and the heart part with the Lord is comes 
like the Lord says, you're impressing on you, give here and here. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be exactly the same year after year. No, and it's fluid, it's dynamic, it's changing. But my big problem was I confused ownership with stewardship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought wealth creation was for my benefit, for my family's benefit. And since getting involved with this ministry, Generous Giving, I've since learned wealth creation can be and should be, really, for the benefit of others because right. everything we receive is a gift. Right, right. And I mean, I think in a sense that as the year go- progresses and as you have those dinners and as you, you know, rub up against people and you, you're in the community, that's when, you know, you're going, okay, so maybe I need to add this ministry or this thing to next year's giving plan. And it, it does give you some freedom to say, you know, we've got our plan for this year, but I'm going to put you on the list and we're going to pray about it. We're going to consider it. We're going we're to ask the Lord in terms of how he wants his money allocated in 2017. You know, if we're thinking about it like that to say, hey, that those uh, conversations are happening all year long and we're not saying, okay, set the plan. Now, don't think about giving all year long, right? Uh, you know, right. you really say, no, 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 those conversations are happening. But we set the plan, we put it in motion, we, you know, intentionally do it. And then as the year goes by, we go, oh, you know what? Maybe there's a change or maybe there's something that God puts in our heart or we see somebody doing something really just just kingdom whatever. Okay, make sure you get them on the list for next year, that kind of thing. And it's important to just note, really, in so many respects, um, giving is not about money. Mm. Um, It's the training wheels of how God gets our heart. And Mm. that is an important distinction to make. Can you say that again? Um, Money is the training wheels of how God gets our heart. Mm -hmm. And that was a really big idea for me when I first encountered it. But also, it's God wants us to be a manager of our entire life, Mm -hmm. and that's an acrostic. Mm -hmm. It means our labor, our influence, our finances, and our expertise. Mm -hmm. But our finances is how God gets our heart. You know, Matthew 6.21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And another way of saying it is, is where your treasure goes, there so goes your heart. Mm -hmm. So when we started giving our resources, our financial resources first, um, that's where our hearts started going, to God and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we started paying attention to these kingdom investments because I'm convinced it's much more fun to be a kingdom investor than it is to be a consumer. And yeah. that yeah. was another mind-blowing idea. It's yeah. just... Well, what happened for you? Just well, We're going oh, to have to have a whole oh, show just on, on, on that day. topic, the All idea right. of a kingdom investor versus versus a consumer. I mean, we get, I mean, we could spend the next three hours in the studio, I'm sure, talking about that. But All right. I, I want to get to something that I think is really important, but, and, it, and it fits right in here, and that is, is that this generosity changes people. It, it does, and and you and me and and Steve, you know that that when you encounter and when you begin to go, okay, let's let's see generosity in the character of God. You can't but be changed. It has to impact your your life. And so, have you got any stories you can share about how you've seen generosity change some people? Yes, um, there's a wonderful dear friends of ours, Ian and Rosine. And uh, when God 
became their ultimate treasure, when mm-hmm. Jesus became their ultimate treasure, they started living their lives very, very differently. Um, so they were making combined income about ninety, a hundred thousand dollars, but their house was paid for. Um, but they started living on about less than forty thousand, so that they could be giving fifty or sixty thousand dollars away to God and His purposes mm-hmm. and His kingdom. So that was one of the most dramatic. That's a life changing. That's a that's a life changing uh, thing, and I'm sure that didn't happen overnight. But it it did start with a decision. It did start with something intersecting their life and going wait a minute we need we want to change how we're living and they were already tithers but it's just as god got more a hold of their heart they realized there was eternity hung in the balance and eternity is so long and they realized their finances could do so much to lead so many more people into a growing relationship with jesus overseas Mm -hmm. um so they're still, you know, a young couple raising four kids. You know, they've uh, altered where they live, uh, their aspirations, what they drive. It's just been totally transformational mm-hmm. for them. But they, they, so just so, I'm just thinking of people who are listening and they're thinking, oh man, like 100,000 to 40, how do, how do I get, <laughs> how mm-hmm. do I get there? Or do we even want to get there? That Again, it didn't happen overnight, I imagine. No. They didn't just say, okay, we're going to cut it in half mm-hmm. right now. No, um, but that's a, a great question as well, because it makes me think how, how I didn't know what percentage of my income mm-hmm. we were living on. And yet when I looked at my tax return, um, you know, we started giving more and more. And it's not about how much you give. It's about the condition of your heart. Mm-hmm. But right. 10% is a great place to start. Mm. And sadly, only about less than 5% of Canadians are, are doing that. And, you know, talk is cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. when it comes right down to it, what we value, you know, we make it a priority for our kids' hockey practice mm-hmm. or something. And we can make it a priority if we seriously begin to get intentional upon this and start living within our means, then it frees up margin Mm -hmm. that we can create a plan for next year, Mm -hmm. uh, for 2017, to start doing those automatic withdrawals. Mm -hmm. Because the government will actually give us an incentive to give more. It's our social capital. Either the government provides these benefits or we can. And our taxes are much less when we're giving away yeah. a larger percent yeah, of income. We were just saying that this morning already, or that it's a benefit of living in our nation. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is. So, and, and I'm going to, again, one of my personal passions, if you will, around this is, is simply going, what would it look like? Like, let's just pause for a second and say, what would it look like if 50% of the Canadians who who are attending church, even let's just say 50% of the Canadians who are attending church said, I've got, I'm getting a hold of this idea. I'm just, I'm going to tithe 10%. How would that change the world? Like, how would that change the world? I mean, my brain is just going to all the things, all the needs that are out in the world and going, we now have some money, a, a little pot of money, but intentionally set aside for the needs of the world. I mean, That'd be, that would ju- just blows me away just thinking about it now. So. It does, and it blows my mind uh, when I think of people embracing this idea of wealth creation for the benefit of others um, because it's such a big idea, yeah. and it can be so life-giving and so life-changing when people start to embrace this idea of living a generous life. 
because the number one problem we face is it's a spiritual battle. Um, and yet people have not been taught. They've never been given new ideas about how to embrace this. Mm-hmm. And so when we open up our mind and pray and think, Lord, what would you have for me? Mm-hmm. Then maybe we can start thinking of a lifetime giving goal mm-hmm. or an annual giving goal, both as a percent and as a dollar figure. Mm-hmm. And then we can look at, you know, instead of it being, you know, I want to have X amount of net worth. Well, maybe it could be over my lifetime. What could I do to invest in God's kingdom over my lifetime? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this, this leads to a much, much bigger picture. And again, when we, we think about the character of God and that God is inside us, that Christ is inside us, and that all of you know, God wants to display his character through us, God does not, he works in the micro, but he works in the generation and again, when we think about the influence that we could have in our giving and taking and saying, you know, how could I affect or infect <laughs> the next generation with, with a, a generous spirit? You know, what would that look like? Uh, I mean, again, that's just moving beyond ourselves, that self-centeredness, and into a God-centeredness, into a, a much bigger picture. And it is a much bigger picture, Dave, because really generosity is focal uh, to the heart of God. In fact, J.I. Packer said it this way, generosity is the focal point of God's moral perfection. Mm -hmm. And generosity is central to the heart of God. Mm -hmm. And he wants us uh, to be good managers of all that he's given us. You know, he tells us the parable in Matthew 25 about those who are given much. Yeah. Well, Really, anyone in North America, we don't realize this until we travel, but that's one of the benefits my wife and I have had of traveling. We've seen how the average person, anyone in this country, is rich by global standards, Mm -hmm. and yet we don't realize that because most people have never traveled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we can't really get beyond our grasp of of what's going on in this country, Um, and yet so many other people around the world. Not only is it an ethical question, but it's a moral obligation, and it's a faith-based question, and really it is a spiritual problem for most people, as so it was for me. I want to promote a little, a little um, tool that y- I know you visited, Steve, <laughs> and, and I've visited many times, and I bring out. It's called globalrichlist.com, and uh, you know, go to the globalrichlist.com. Plug in your salary. There's a couple different ways you can do it. You get to pick your currency. So we use Canadian currency, but go to globalrichlist.com, plug in your currency, and then keep scrolling. And powerful tool to help begin to open up that, you know, we say it, we said it on the show today that, you know, about 50% of the world's population is living on less than $2 a day less than $2 a day. I know that I am in the top <laughs> percentage of that in terms of how much I make a day, how much I spend a day, forget making a day. And but I would how much say I, take your kids along with you when you do that global wish absolutely. list because we did it with our kids and it was quite eye-opening for our, for our family to see where we're at. And I, I think this is such a, a central issue for families to be discussing because mm-hmm. God wants our first. He wants our best. He doesn't want our leftovers. Um, and this is why uh, this other ministry, the Reimagine Group, mm-hmm. they create these videos that pastors are using now around the world um, to teach individuals um, a stewardship course, but also to teach church congregations about what it means to live generously. Mm-hmm. 
So this is uh, a reimagined generosity. Who's that put out by? Uh, Jack Alexander mm-hmm. is has become a friend of mine uh, in Atlanta, but uh, it is all across the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, our church has gone through the first series. It's called Living Generously. It's a seven-part series or a five-part series of seven-minute videos. So when the worship pastor is over, Mm -hmm. the video comes on and does the heavy lifting that the Holy Spirit does through this video-driven story tool of one family's transformation, not unlike ours. Um, But then afterwards, the pastor is given a suggested sermon outline, Mm -hmm. and it can be great in just changing people's perspective. Okay, so this is a resource for the the church. I mean, obviously, you can do a reimagined generosity yourself. There's an online tool in terms of being able to go through it. So, you know, if you're like, hey, my pastor isn't really open to whatever, that's fine. Don't let that distract you or go in, you know, and, and it's a, in a sense, a three-part three parts to it. There's living generosity, loving generosity, and then serving genera- generously, if we can say it, those three parts. Correct. So, and a great resource for the community. If you're in a small group, um, you know, then you can say, hey, let's, let's get this in. Let's work that out again. Super resource. We love to get some of these resources onto the show. Um, is there a website that they can visit, Steve? Yeah, just Google Reimagine group. Um, they've had to change the name from Reimagine Generosity because now they have all these uh, sure. men's groups, small video tools uh, that they're also using as well to tell the story of just radical transformation when we embrace this idea that God doesn't want anything from us. Mm-hmm. He wants so much for us. For us. So mm-hmm. I want to circle back around because, Steve, you mentioned something, and I want to leave this as the practical part of the show. Again, we always like to wrap up with a little homework. Um, and this is... You mentioned having an annual giving goal and a lifetime giving goal. So we want to be practical here. So give us the nuts and bolts. What what do we do to create a, a giving goal? Where do we start for the listeners so that they can say, okay, I can go home next week, sit down with my family. We want this to be a family deal, right? We do know that, that set a family giving goal so that you can go, okay, I'm going to bring the kids in, going to bring make a decision on what we want to give in 2017. So you take it from there, just give us the nuts and bolts. Well, I would say begin with prayer. Mm-hmm. And if there aren't discussions about trade-offs, about what to give up, um, something needs to be given up. And that just needs to be put on the table. And no one's going to want to give up their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the desire to serve Christ is strong enough, if Christ is central and the treasure in our life as he should be, then I think everyone's willing to come to the table and say, hey, I'm ready to give up something. Mm -hmm. And therefore, mom and dad can discuss that this is a choice being made in their lives to sacrifice Mm -hmm. and to give something up to grow God's kingdom. And then they can figure out what that percentage is going to be and whatever the percentage is now, I just encourage people to double it and then revisit that every year. Mm-hmm. And I think over time, the trend will go quite astronomically high mm-hmm. as people realize, wow, there's more I can do. And so it doesn't have to become a burden. It can become a blessing of a family gathering around this idea mm-hmm. of embracing a lifestyle of being a generous family. Mm-hmm. So they decide, pick a percentage, um, pick where it's going to go, 
Pick a project. And pick a project Mm -hmm. and then revisit that next year. Mm -hmm. And that may be multiple projects. It may be one project in terms of, uh, and we'll get into some of the the nuts and bolts of a giving plan at another show, but we've got to wrap up for today. We've got a few minutes left. Steve, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, Like I said, we could probably spend another three hours in the studio. Turn the mics on. Let's go. (laughs) We will have Steve back uh, in terms of talking about generosity. Reb, will you wrap up for us? All right. Thank you, Father, for your kindness and your generous heart toward us. Father, will we take this to heart today and reflect who you are in Jesus' name? Mm -hmm. So a couple things in homework. Start to develop a giving goal. If you were uh, listening to the last show, it fits into your giving plan. Make 2017 marked for giving. Um, we're on Facebook. More Than Enough dot is on Facebook. If you want some comments, if you want to share your giving goal, I, I think it's really important in terms of the community to say, hey, we've got a giving goal in our family. Bring other people into that giving goal. Get excited about it. So leave the comments on Facebook. All right, I'm going to leave us with that today. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.